Welcome to Flawless Radio. We're so excited to share our first episode. It's been a long time coming and highly requested. Before we jump into our conversation, a quick background on who we are and what we do. We are Team Flawless Physique, an online fitness and nutrition company specializing in lifestyle clients and contest prep athletes. In this episode, you'll be hearing from our five coaches and we thought a great way to introduce ourselves is to talk about how we got into fitness and some of our top tips if you are just getting started in your fitness journey. Without further ado, let's dive into this episode. All right, everybody. We are live. We're so excited. Everybody listening, we have all of our coaches of Flawless Physique on this podcast. So we figured a great way to get started is to kind of talk about how we all ended up in fitness. So Steve, big man, do you want to take it away? I certainly will. All right. So at first, Flawless was a dream. I never thought that flawless would even come to this. So how I got into fitness was I needed something to do after I, after I got done actually being an athlete, um, after being on the field, football, basketball, baseball, all that kind of stuff. So one of the things that I needed was I needed an outlet. So I started training and if it wasn't for a few guys in the gym, I probably wouldn't be here today. Um, a lot of encouragement early on um, was something that I didn't foresee happening um, with some guys just having the camaraderie in the gym and just teaching me what they knew because I knew absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, so they were nice enough to be able to let me in their journey. And I just fell in love with, with the gym because it was something unlike team sports that I was used to. Um, everything I was willing to do was all on me. So if I wanted to make progress, it was all on me, you know, um, that was something that I had to learn, you know, because I was like, okay, if I want to be great at this, I got to make sure that, you know, I can put every effort into it. And that honestly, I felt like what got me through college and really starting to take weightlifting seriously. Obviously yeah, I started training in high school, but I never really took it serious with diet, nothing like that. But it wasn't until college that I started taking the diet, you know, really you know, like primary, I started like really tracking a lot of stuff and I, I started taking it really serious and I got it deeper and deeper and deeper into that. Um, and I just fell in love with it, you know, because I got to see whatever I got to put in it is what I got out of it, you know, and that was something that I enjoyed seeing along the way is being able to kind of see my body transform and for my efforts, not like it was a group thing with football, basketball, baseball, where, you know, your success was reliant on somebody else. You know, this is all on me. You know, like it was a team effort. This was what I put in is what I got out, you know? So I enjoyed that and I enjoyed being able to have those kind of aspects of being determined and disciplined. Um, and that's, I think what got me through college is being able to say, you know what, if I want to train early in the morning, I can't go out and party, you know? So that kept me away from the parties and all that stuff. And I just really enjoyed being able to have that structure in my life and, and the discipline not to go out and get wasted like everybody else was doing. You know, and along that time, I had to be really structured because I owned a company and it was far from fitness. It was in construction, but I learned a lot along the way. Um, that was the during the time of the boom. So it was 80 to 100 hour work weeks going to try and 
do as much as I could because I could only take a couple classes at a time um, in college. So that's really how I got into to fitness is that it was an outlet for me that was away from work, you know, that I could still be, you know, aware of like there's a physique goal that I wanted to have and knowing that I had to put in the time on myself. Um, you know, I tried to make an hour a day for myself and sometimes got cut a little short, you know, in college. And that's what really helped me, you know, along the way is being able to just kind of keep that. That's my my little tidbit of journey, you know, of how I got into fitness. Okay, so Steve, thank you so much for sharing. And this is, you know, pretty cool because we all have very different backgrounds of why we got into fitness. It is obviously, you know, a very, very um, important important aspect of our lives, but we all have different reasons for it, which I really appreciate. So Steve, thank you. Karen, do you want to share kind of where your beginnings came from? Yeah. So for me, um, the thought of health and fitness kind of started at a relatively young age. I was an overweight child and I remember distinctly my mom taking me to the doctor, like a core memory burned into my brain of hearing my doctor telling her I needed to go on a diet and like showing her this growth chart and like where I fell on the growth chart with my weight compared to other kids. And that just kind of, I don't know, made me realize like what being overweight is and made me look at myself compared to other children even my sisters because they were all just these tiny little sticks and I was I wasn't like a huge kid but I was just overweight and so um, I remember um, dieting as a young kid and I remember like stealing my mom's VHS workout tapes and doing them in my room with my door shut and not telling anybody and like a month after doing that my mom like commented like hey you look like you've lost a little bit of weight and like things like that just kind of stuck in my head so transitioning into from that that was probably like eight or nine years old and going from there to a teenager and seeing like all the other teenagers um just living to that like standard of beauty like being skinny and all of that through school that kind of affected me in a negative way like body dysmorphia really affected my confidence um and i remember like fad dieting, I guess, um, going about it in a very unhealthy way, sometimes to the point of like starvation type diet and doing intense amount of cardio, just really unhealthy for a young girl, young woman. And then moving into my early 20s, um, getting my nursing degree and realizing more of what health is and ways to be healthy, going about weight management um, and not being scared to lift weights in the gym anymore and to grow a little bit um still being scared of food though not really knowing what i'm doing diet wise um and then eventually finding you guys flawless with Brittany and steve and teaching me that i can eat and reach my fitness goals and i'm not i don't have a unhealthy relationship with food anymore um or the gym or the cardio machines kind of stay away from that now i'm more lifting um but yeah just kind of went from not really knowing how to go about being healthy in a healthy way to finding you guys and teaching me what I know now and what I do now and able to go about um, it healthier, I guess, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> um, Karen, I love that you, you know, sh are able to share kind of the process that you went through. I think for most women, we all go through that first diet 
That is Mm -hmm. crazy and maybe not exactly the healthiest way to do it. But I think it's important to kind of point out that we all have that journey and it's okay to make mistakes along the way. Like you're going to look back at it and be like, oh my God, why did I ever, you know, get on a cardio machine for XYZ without eating, without, you know, whatever it may be. And it's what we see a lot in society of, you know, don't eat this, this is bad, this, you know, whatever it may be. And so anyone just getting started, like know that it really is a process and it's a learning process. So it's okay if you make mistakes, you know, it's okay if you do something crazy and it doesn't work. You know, I think um, you all, like we've all gone through that period of finding, you know, how fitness works best for us as individuals. I think that's the biggest thing I've learned is that food is your friend in the process of losing weight, the process of building muscle, whatever you're trying to do, food is always your friend. And even like with my clients, being able to feed them more and more each week and they're still dropping weight, that to me is everything. Cause growing up, I never would have, I never associated that food is your friend. I always had such a negative relationship with food. So that's a, that's something huge that I've learned, especially in the last two years or so. I think that's a lot what society pushes too, you know, is you have to go to these Absolutely. extremes, you know, to be able to see the progress. And that's why all these fad diets do so well, you know, with the general public, Oh, I'm going to do this. And they, you know, it's, it's glamorous. It's catchy. Oh, I just got to do this. Like how many of us have heard the diet teas and the detoxes and this, that, and the other, that's not a healthy fix. You know, that's not something you can do for a lifetime. That's something that you can do for a short amount of time. And, that's not something that you can do in a lifestyle, a healthy lifestyle. That is a fad. It's a short-lived thing that I think mm-hmm. a lot of us can can see, have done. <laughs> We've all been through those short terms of being able to say, oh, man, look at that new thing. I should try that. I think we're all guilty of that. I feel like it's just the promise of quick results, too. Like It's just something I can do real quick drop this weight and that's all I'm going to have to do for the rest of my life and I'm going to look this way but really it's just that consistency and changes over time that that keep it keep you to your goals I guess if something is promising you 20 or 30 pounds in 30 days run (laughs) like run because you're going to end up 60 pounds heavier (laughs) I've done it all Oh my goodness. All right, let's let's see what else we could unpack here. So Janice, I would love to know how you got started in fitness. I kind of know your story and I love it. So go ahead. <laughs> so I've always been active. I grew up being active and um, mainly through softball. I grew up competitive figure skating um, and through figure skating. I think that is more where I started going to the gym to support my skating. Um, but then as I kind of went into college, um, skating kind of fell off, the weight started coming on. (laughs) So then that's when I kind of used the gym as a way to kind of watch, you know, lose the weight, kind of get down, get skinnier and whatever. But yeah, just, just as Karen, um, said, you know, didn't really know how to eat. So you're always kind of wavering, um, that way. But as I kind of phased into grad school, I found a love of running. I started running a lot, doing half marathons, 5Ks, 10Ks, 15Ks, all of that. And um, eventually moved to Florida and found a love of cycling. So I started into triathlons. I started doing long distance cycling, like upwards of 100 miles a day. 
absolutely loved it. Um, but then ended up with some back issues, which resulted in a little bit of a back surgery. And as much as I tried to get back in to all of my cycling, all of my running, it was just something that I eventually had to quit. So I ended up gaining a lot of weight after my back surgery, going through lots of emotional things, of course, because you're losing all those things that you love. Um, and then I had a friend who I saw um, this picture of her in this bikini. And I was like, what the heck is this all about? Big sparkly bikini. And um, uh, that's how I learned actually about bodybuilding competition. Um, that's how I learned about Flawless. That's how I got into Flawless. And it was sort of a new challenge, something that I could still do. I could go into the gym and still have goals, still have an end goal, because I work very much off of that. Um, and I started dropping the weight. I was able to compete and I just found a huge passion for the gym. I always tell people it's my church. Um, you learn so much about yourself in the gym um, through challenging yourself, constantly pushing yourself. Um, it helps, you know, increase confidence, all of that fun stuff. And then, of course, through working with Flawless, I learned how to better eat. Um, so that's just something I've kind of taken with me, just kind of my whole experience of you know, the weight gain, the weight loss, um, being able to transfer all of that knowledge to help my clients as far as, you know, their journey and their weight loss. Um, it's something that I have a huge passion for now. And I just absolutely love to talk to people about, you know, trying to get into the gym and kind of seeing their lifestyle changes, their habit changes for the better. Um, but the gym will always, even when I'm old and gray, will always be a part of my life. That's something that I truly value. I think it's really cool how all of us, I think, have worked with a coach at some point. And obviously, you know, that's what we do now. But it's one of those things where it's like, don't be afraid if you're just getting started with something to ask for help and have somebody be able to guide you on the journey that you're on. You know, we all start out somewhere nowadays I feel like the information is so readily available it can be very very overwhelming um, and so you know having that guidance from someone I feel like can really just and and Steve talks about this all the time how having that guidance from somebody can really um, take out some of those mess ups that I think we've all had or like I was saying you know that oh crap why did I do that or that didn't work or whatever it may be Steve, I like to joke around and say he's an old man, but he's like, back in my day, we didn't have any of this, you know, this whatever. And I'm sure he can share that. But he always says, you know, <laughs> I, I wish we would have had people that were knowledgeable that do what we do and, and can, you know, lead you when you are getting started and really trying to make changes. I think that's huge, too, in a couple things. I know, Janice, you were going to add on to this. Um, I think oftentimes we got to put our ego aside and go to the professionals that have been doing this for a long time. And I think in any profession, whether it's coaching, you know, real estate, construction, any industry, you know, go to people that have been doing it and being successful in it. And, you know, look at their track records now. I mean, they have, we have the internet and we all have all these tools available. And I, I think it's really good to be able to have those things readily available. When we started coaching, we didn't have this. You know, I look back on some of the first plans that I was writing in 2007 and I'm going, and I just laugh at it. 
you know, but the things you learn along the way, you know, I think is substantial in your growth and, and say, okay, you're able to recognize, you know, when there's a red flag, when there's something that, you know, you need to steer away from, you know, especially in a client scenario of saying, okay, this is, this is not a good place to be in. Okay. Tori, why don't you jump in here again? Another phenomenal story. Um, I can't wait for you to share. I know it's very deep and close to your heart. So go ahead, sister. Yes. Um, so I played softball my whole life. So I've always been super active and into sports, into the competitive part about it. Um, but then I went to college and I dropped the sport. So I lost that aspect. And through college, I realized I had bad coping mechanisms when it comes to stress and other things in life. So I definitely did the party route. I drank a lot and did the fun part and totally neglected any physical activity for four years. Then um, as soon as I graduated, I ended up losing my mom. And through that year after her passing, those habits just became 10 times worse with alcohol and slowly going into some drugs. And when, at one point, I just looked in the mirror and what I was seeing, I was so unhappy with everything about it. The way I felt, the way I looked, I couldn't believe like where I was at that point. So I really took a step back and tried to remember the things that really brought me in and to myself. And that was softball. So I was like, what can I do right now that will bring back that feeling for me? Um, so I joined a gym and within one month in that gym, I knew right then and there that that was my new therapy. Um, and I got addicted to lifting more weights and seeing the weights be put on the bar. And I realized that the habits that I was doing, like drinking, really made me step back from progressing in the gym. So I was like, wait a minute, I can't be doing that anymore because I want to see where this can go. So I really, really just zoned in to the gym and made it a habit of a coping me mechanism of mine really. And now I couldn't imagine not going ever to the gym or moving my body in some sort of way because that is what keeps me in a good headspace. So I've latched on to it in a very healthy way knowing my body deserves to move, my body deserves this, I feel so much better after it. And so the reason why I am so into health and fitness now is if I can help somebody else take that path and let go of some negative habits that are holding them back because of X, Y, or Z, I want to be that in somebody else's journey too. All right. Such an incredible story. You know, um, all you girls, I mean, really incredible, you know, to see where you guys have come from to where you guys are today. You know, I think it's really just to be able to have leaders and be able to coach others because you're dealing with people's problems every day and you're having a problem solve. And when you can be relatable, I think that's absolutely huge. And you guys have done an outstanding job on being able to overcome those obstacles uh, in your own journeys. I think that's one of my favorite parts about the gym in general, too, is that every person that walks through those doors has a different story to tell and a different reason why they're walking in there. I have to laugh, Tori, when you say that you like can't imagine not going to the gym because everyone, Tori, is literally the worst sick athlete ever. Like when she gets sick, she will do anything to like get in the gym. I feel like that's something that we've really worked on this year. I'm like... 
no, no, like you need to rest, go take a nice leisurely walk outside. But you know, that's one thing that I think has, has been great for you too, because you have found like the other forms of movement that do make you feel good, you know? So yes, the gym will always be your staple. It's like your, like, you know, Janice said, kind of like your church, your area, that's where you love. But on those days where maybe you aren't feeling well because I feel like everyone has been sick this like winter season, it's been ridiculous. You know, you've been able to still get in that movement and do those things just in a different form, which I think has been really good for you. Anyone who doesn't walk outside, do it. Yeah, Steven Green, that in my brain. It's now a forever part of my habit too is hot girl walks. So continue to walk. I love that. <laughs> I mean, we were doing hot girl walks before hot girl walks were a thing. Okay. Like TikTok we made them famous. We, <laughs> we didn't know that's what it was. We were doing healthy girl walks way before they were coined <laughs> hot girl walks. Okay. You guys made it cool. We are the ones. Two non negotiables. The two W's, walking and water. Those are the things. I'll stand by that till the day I die. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brittany, <laughs> I'm curious about you. We haven't heard about you yet. What got you into the fitness lifestyle? Yeah. So, mine is um, a little different. I feel like it intertwined in a bunch of different ways. But So I was not necessarily the athlete. I was a dancer growing up um, and I was a competitive dancer. I started competing when I was five. Yeah, five, started dancing when I was two. So my first kind of big introduction into the gym and fitness itself was when I decided to compete in the Miss North Carolina Team USA pageant when I was a junior in high school. And so of course in that there is the swimsuit division and so my first kind of introduction to actual like training weight training and you know fitness and trying to look a certain way was i had to get ready for a swimsuit on a stage um which i think set me up a lot for what i kind of ended up doing in the long run um but that was my first time that i hired a personal trainer i started lifting weights for the first time started kind of watching what i was eating i mean again looking back at it i remember my mom gave me like an egg and a piece of toast for breakfast and was like here you go and then i was eating like tomatoes and like She was like, I heard putting salt on the tomatoes is good. So we'll try, you know, like it was just bizarre. Some of the stuff we were trying to do, but, um, that was where I first started. I would say, you know, um, trying to look a certain way with my fitness, trying to create a certain shape, you know, get stronger, things like that. Um, and then once I graduated from high school, I went to the university of North Carolina, Wilmington and, at that point I was no longer competing in dance and I wanted something else. Um, in my heart, I am a performer. So I needed that kind of next thing, not knowing what it was going to be. Um, I ended up getting, um, really into not necessarily the gym. I wouldn't say I'm as much of like a quote gym rat that you guys are. I mean, I love it, but I always did it more so for like, again, like the performance and, you know, looking a certain way, like that kind of thing. So I did end up getting really interested in the bodybuilding route. That was my way of putting the sparkles back on, putting the makeup back on, getting to do that performance again. Um, And so I did that once I graduated college and I ended up kind of staying in the fitness realm. I graduated with an exercise science degree and past that, that is 
kind of where I ended up shifting my focus a little bit more. So my mom always asked me when I was little what I wanted to be when I grow up. And I always told her, I don't know. I just want to help people. That was, she said, like my response from tiny, 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 all the way until I graduated. I never really know what route, knew what route I was going to go. It was just going to be to help someone. So because I had gotten into fitness myself, found how hard you can push yourself, found what you can do, um, I decided that that was going to be my route of helping people. So once I stepped away from the stage, I really got into coaching and, um, you know, being able to meet people on a new level and help them change their life, no matter what it may be. But I've just seen how much fitness can change change my own personal life and the way that I see myself, the way that I, you know, present myself internally and externally, <laughs> internally and on the outer aspect of things. But, um, you know, I, I no longer have that drive to really compete. I prefer to see what I can do with other people and see how I can lead other people. And it, it can be the smallest thing of you being able um, to pick your kid up or run around in a park. I, I had a client the other day tell me that it was the first time that she really felt comfortable going to the park with her child that usually see, she sends the dad with, with the kid. And she said, it's always been a body image thing, but I, I felt comfortable enough to go out there and run around and play with my kid. And that, that is, is why I do fitness and wellness and, you know, have stayed here because I've been able to see those profound changes in people's lives, no matter how big or how small. We're here on this earth to help people, plain and simple. That's right. I think that, you know, that's kind of how we all have, have fitness for ourselves, um, but we also want to help other people be able to find that fitness for for themselves you know find what's important for them whether it be getting on a stage or it be you know being the best mother that you can be or teaching your child healthy habits or you know maybe you're in college and you know that you need to be bright and functional and you know active and all of these things i would say it's pretty cool to see just the realm of people that we get to work with and how they all choose to take fitness and integrate it into their lives that's that's huge I, th I think you bring up a good, good point there like oftentimes you know with social media being so prevalent now you're starting to see you know people that come to us like oh i you know it can be intimidating competing can be very intimidating competing doesn't mean that you're healthy you know sometimes you know the the best you look is sometimes the most unhealthy you are you know and that's just based on blood work and, and labs and such but you know i think everybody has a different look on what health is you know we have some clients that say oh that's just too much i don't want to look like that you know um, and i think that's a, a personal preference on where your health is but everybody can be active everybody can have a healthy lifestyle i think it's a matter of at what level you want to be and where you want to take it and what your goals are and each one of us have come from different places and each one of us have different goals. Same with our clients. I think that's a huge thing and responsibility that we take on to be able to understand where our clients are coming from and what their goals are and just not push them in a direction they're not they're uncomfortable with and and educating them along the way. I think that's one of the biggest markers that we see is getting them to understand and just not follow blindly, but getting them to understand and educate them along the way too. I do like you know, that you made the point of um, competing isn't always your healthiest look. And, you know, it's one of those things where I went through that firsthand, which is one reason why I am so passionate about coaching, because I can say that 
with our competitors, uh, their health always comes first. We are very, very honest on, are you ready to compete? Can you get there without destroying your body? You know, can we reverse you out and keep you healthy long run? You know, and when I was starting to compete, I was very naive. I, I didn't have the best guidance and I also didn't really take it upon myself to learn what I could. Um, you know, when you talk about blood work and, and I'm very open about this, you know, Steve and I, when we first started working together, it took us a year and a half to get me healthy from what I had done to my body. And this doesn't even have to be through competing. You know, we see this in everyday clients too. Clients that may have been obese in the past that have really gone to extremes to lose that weight or competitors that have gone to extremes to do whatever it may be. You know, and I think, again, just going back to kind of being able to have guidance on your fitness journey and someone that can look and say, hey, um, this isn't right. Like this blood work isn't right or you shouldn't be responding this way, you know, and then also being your own advocate on knowing like, is this how it should feel? Should I ask for help? Should I change a direction? You know, what do I need to do? And, and being able to really have that open communication with yourself and with a coach, I think can be so beneficial. Mm hmm. Yeah, I totally agree on that for sure. Like I like to keep things realistic for my clients. Um, you know, not a lot of these diets that you have nowadays are not realistic. They're not maintainable. So that's what I always tell clients when they come on board is I don't want you forcing down food or I don't want you, you know, if, if you don't like broccoli, don't eat broccoli. You know, you can't maintain that. I don't want you forcing down foods that you know, you don't like. So I think that's kind of, um, as far as working with the lifestyle clients, just trying to incorporate their healthy habits and something that's realistic for them that they can maintain for the rest of their life when I'm not around, you know, in regards, you know, like when you were talking, Steve, just kind of like educating your clients in that. So just kind of giving them the power to continue doing that once, once they've kind of faced on. And I think that's a big thing. I think we've all run into that as coaches as being and having to be realistic with our clients because they have, they come to us with unrealistic expectations. You know, how many times have you guys heard, Oh, you know, I want to drop 20 pounds in two weeks. Like, Hey, that's just not going to happen. I mean, it, you drop 20 pounds in, in two weeks, you're going to gain 30 and three, you know? Uh, and that's kind of the repercussions of that because your body's just not set up to do that. You know, and how many times do we have to like logistically when we talk about those plans that we write for them, actually break it out in timeline sense. And sometimes we may get a little kickback, but in the long run, they're like, oh my God, I'm so glad you guys broke that out for me and understand, let me to understand and educate them. Like this is going to be a process, you know, most of these clients that come to us overweight, they didn't, they didn't come overweight for the last three weeks, you know, they've been overweight for 20 years, you know, or 10 years and they developed these bad habits, you know, and essentially we have to break the bad habits first. We got to give them a new routines to where they can understand what's going on and how it's supposed to happen. You know, like what we talk about environments, you know, these positive environments to be able to put in, if you're going to be, you know, more than likely if you're hanging around guys that are drinking or girls that are drinking and partying, you know, that's going to be an environment that's not conducive to a healthy lifestyle. 
You know, Tori, like what you said, you know, you had to kind of remove yourself from that lifestyle to get healthy, to be able to understand, okay, what do I, what do I really enjoy doing? And if this fitness thing is what I really enjoy doing, then that's not going to be conducive to me being able to do this long term on that party and lifestyle. So I think that's a, a conception that people get, you know, when they see social media, things like that, and they see it time and time again, they're like, oh, wow, this person's going out. They may go out like once a month. And, and they they document that but 90 percent of the time they're in the gym they're crushing it you know and these guys they don't tell you the back end you know like i get i had a client this morning just recently i know i'm going off on a tangent here but asking me he thought he'd be further along than this and i was like you're actually moving a lot faster than i expected and i gave him and i broke him down and educated you know synopsis of what I was telling him and why. And he was like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. So when they have expectations of trying to put on 40, 50 pounds of muscle in a year, you know, you've got to break it down and have them understand, you know, almost not even scientifically, but in layman's terms, like these are the processes that happened along the way. And for them to understand, okay, I have to be in this for a long term. I have to be systematic at what I'm doing. I have to be calculative. I have to be meticulous and go from there. So I want to speak to someone that's listening to this that is getting started on their fitness journey. So maybe you don't have a coach yet. Maybe you have no idea what Steve is talking about putting on muscle in a year. Like, you know, I I, I know we are going to have all sorts of individuals who listen to this podcast, some that may be a little bit more advanced and then some that may be just wanting to learn, you know, or um, get a little bit better in some way. So I want to know from you guys, what is the one thing one thing you can give me two if, if you need to but the one thing that you wish you would have done when you first got started so if you could go back to younger self what would be the one thing that you wish you would have done and then i do have two questions and then what is the one thing that is a non-negotiable in your healthy lifestyle now so going back what is one thing that you wish you would have been told or done and then what is one thing i see all of you thinking so hard and then what is one thing that is like your non-negotiable for your healthy lifestyle so if someone's getting started just getting started we're going to try to save you from making some of the mistakes that we did and so we'll give you, you know, I want to give some simple graspable kind of things that they can do on a daily basis. I can actually start with that if you like. <laughs> I, I, can, I can say, you know, in high school and in college, um, I would restrict myself a lot, basically to the point where I would just have a yogurt and a couple saltines for the entire day. So it's in my mind was the less you eat, the skinnier you're going to get. So it's being educated. I, I wish back then I had really understood the value of nutrition and feeding yourself in order to be healthy and, of course, achieve that look that you're looking for. Um, as far as my non-negotiable, I'm a very big speaker, especially to my clients, to you can put yourself first. You should put yourself first. You need to take care of you, um, you know, in your health, in your fitness. So my personal non-negotiable is my gym time is going to happen. Um, and I'm going to be that one carrying my meals around. 
because those are my goals. You know, I'm not, I'm the weird one carrying the gallon jug around. Um, so those, those are my non-negotiables because that's my self-care. That's my priority in order for me to then be able to take care of my family, my clients, my job, things like that. To add to that, Janice, um, I think looking back since I'm the oldest one in the room here, <laughs> um, what I would have done is I would have hired a coach. You know, and I'll say that because I look back on all the old stuff that I did years ago and I'm like just laughing at just the, the craziness, the dieting that we've talked about to try and get that look right to try and see, you know, how, how can I do this? How can I do that? I remember, and this is, you know, just to touch on this real quick, going into my first bodybuilding show, it was an all natural bodybuilding show and I didn't know how to drop water. I've heard it, and this is really before the internet came into play. This is before you had a lot of information online where you can go ahead and just access all this information. So it was an all natural show. I didn't know what to do. So what did I do? The show was in July. I go walk for like two hours in a sauna suit, you know, to drop water. So I'm dropping water. I mean, I am just like spewing this water out you know this like garbage bag in the middle of the day because i'm like all right i need to pull like 10 pounds of water off me so i can make weight oh my god what a what a disaster you know right so you can all imagine what happened i i did well by the grace of god just from you know genetics or whatever um <laughs> i'm not even <laughs> I, I'm not even going to say it was because I knew what I was doing. I'm not even going to go there. It was, it, that, that was God just saying, you're not going to die this round. You got enough. You got, you got some more things to do in this life. <laughs> so the second thing I think would be a non-negotiable would be my routine. I think all of us here are very, very routine. You and guys, Steve is the most routine thing you've ever seen in your life. I mean, it's insane how routine this man is. Okay, go go ahead, Steve. And I'm sure all you guys have heard me say, I create a machine-like environment. And that's what I'm looking for, you know? And whether it's competing, competing, obviously you gotta be so robotic. You can't let anything phase you. When you're in those contest prep scenarios, you know, that's one thing. But when we're talking to our general lifestyle, develop those habits where it's getting in water in every day. You know, waking up at the same time, going to bed, creating those habits where it's a healthy habit, you know, where you're starting to not mess with those circadian rhythms, you know, in your body to where you can lead a healthy lifestyle. And you can, we can talk hours and hours and hours about, you know, routines and such, but that is something that is non-negotiable with me because I am expected to be a hundred percent and I hold myself accountable to everybody, you know, you ladies as coaches, all of our clients, if you guys have a question, I need to be ready. I need to be 100%. So that's the way I feel like by me keeping my routine allows me to be 100% for everybody. And that's something that I, I hold, you know, my, myself, my standard to myself that I need to make sure that I'm optimal at all times so I can be the best for you guys. What do you wish? <laughs> Getting started, what do you wish that you would have known or would have done differently? And I mean, you go like way back, Karen, so I can't wait to hear this. Yeah, I wish that I would have known that kind of what Janice said, like you don't have to be so restrictive to attain a certain look. 
And also, I wish that, especially from being a young child, I wish that my mindset wouldn't have been to look a certain way. I wish it would have been to feel a certain way because I think that would have helped with like my confidence issues, body dysmorphia issues, all because it all just kind of feeds into each other and just makes this one big negative energy. Um, so I really wish that my mindset would have been different because mindset does matter and I feel like that's one of the biggest things I've learned especially through flawless is mindset over everything um and then my non-negotiable would be um putting things that make me happy first so I guess putting myself first um which is you know the gym time isn't skipped the meals aren't skipped um because I'm gonna eat (laughs) because I love eating now um Especially going through, because I'm in healthcare and going through the things in recent years and realizing life is short, just things that put my happiness first is kind of what I strive for. That's so good. I love (laughs) that. I'll piggyback off of you because um, my wish I would have known, I think, is is kind of similar. Um, Like I said, you know, my first kind of experience with fitness was to look a certain way. I was trying to win a pageant. Um, So that was the whole reason why I kind of got into it, which I wish that I would have known if you do focus on what makes you feel good internally, that's always going to show externally. So rather than thinking I have to have this size waist, I have to be this number on the scale, I have to you know, do this because I wanna win this and I wanna look the best, whatever it may be, um, really kind of diving in and saying, okay, well, this food makes me feel good, this gives me energy, this makes me stronger, this makes me more capable in my day to day. Um, I think if I would have known that aspect of it versus just the external what you see aspect of it, um, I would have probably made it a lot further, a lot quicker than I did. And I wouldn't have felt like I was just always, always, always battling my body to look a certain way. And we could go into like a whole long thing of genetics and who you see and what it looks like on different people, you know, but I feel like because I was so focused on trying to look a certain way that I ended up in some of those um, not so healthy habits and behaviors, which I think we all have done at this point, you know? Um, So I think if I would have known and and could have looked at younger self and said, hey, focus on how you feel, focus on how your brain is functioning, focus on, you know, what your blood work is saying. Are you healthy? Like, are you able to move throughout the day without being achy? Things like that, that I would have made it a lot further. Um, my one non-negotiable, that's hard. I feel like I have a lot of non-negotiables. I'll try to like, okay, I'll try to kind of put them all in one. And I say this and I preach this to my clients all the time. And that is schedule, schedule yourself, schedule your priorities. For me, I know that I have to have a slow morning. You cannot wake me up and have me going a million miles a minute. Um, Me and Steve are opposite in that regard. But like I know for my day to be successful that I have to wake up slow. There are certain things that I really like to do in the morning. And so I schedule that time. I have that time scheduled out in my day to know that I do not have to be 100% until here same with workouts if your workout is your priority you need to schedule that with yourself you need to schedule that like an appointment if you have a meeting with whoever in the day it is scheduled in your calendar and you won't miss it and i expect 
for my clients to do the same thing for themselves. So maybe it's their lunch break, maybe it's when they get off of work, but I want them to like block that in their schedule, block that in their day, because it just sets you up to hold yourself so much more accountable. And not just to get like the physical results, but we know that accountability to yourself does tremendous things for your confidence. And when you can show up for yourself every day, you're just going to set yourself that much further apart and make yourself that much better. So I think scheduling out the things that are important to you and then also just focusing a little bit more on the internal and not just what you're going for on the external. Um, mine is very similar to yours as well. Um, my one would be to be present in whatever phase you're in and remove any timeline that you have when it comes to like health and fitness. I feel like a lot of times I get clients that are like, well, when I reach this amount of weight, I'll feel better. And the truth is, I feel like if you're not working both like on your mental health, mental health and physical health, they go hand in hand. So if you're just putting all of like your health and fitness on a certain look, I, it definitely, I feel like, hinders you and your progress because um, even going through like my first like growing phase and the leaning out phase, I was such in a rush to get to the next phase through um, a growing phase. I was like, dang, I can't wait to be lean again. And then going through a leaning out phase, I'm like, I'm hungry. I can't wait to go through a growth phase again. I look back at those and I realize that I wasn't being present during any of it. And there was so much to enjoy in both phases. So remove any timeline that you have and enjoy where you are at and focus on the moment and why you're doing what you're doing in said moment. Um, and then one of my non-negotiables is sleep because I am absolutely useless without sleep. So my early bedtime is definitely my non-negotiable. Um, that way I am not cranky. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's definitely mine. I think that's one of like all of ours would be sleep. Like I think we are all, we're all like nodding our heads. I mean, sleep, number one. Number one sleep would be horrible. getting your sleep. <laughs> Karen, sleep. For anyone that doesn't know, Karen also works. You're not in the ER. Are you in the ER? I see you. I see you. I see you. And she nice. has the crazy hours. Like sleep is one thing that I don't know how she has built the schedule to do that because yeah it's hard <laughs> i commend you for it but you can't wake me up too early or i'm just a, a gremlin you cannot wake me up early <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing that i get a lot of crap about too is my little early bedtime that's because my non-negotiable is the gym and i'm up at 3 15 to go to the gym so that means i'm in bed by 7 30 but those are my goals <laughs> did we touch did everyone get to share their awesome well i think we'll probably leave our first podcast here i i think you know for anyone that is getting started on their journey enjoy it have fun with it i think most importantly have fun with it it's not an end-all be-all it's to make you better in the long run um, and we're, of course, always here to help. So if anybody listens to this, whether you're a part of the team or not, like if you have questions, if you want to dive deeper, if there's something that you would want us to talk about and share on this podcast, you know, that's why we're doing it. We are a group of fitness enthusiasts, you know, coaches that really just have a passion for helping other people, um, you know, develop in their lives. So if there's ever anything 
that you are like, oh, I would love to hear them talk about this, then please, please never hesitate to reach out to us. All right, guys, I think that's all. That's a wrap.